Nothing that will happen on this day or on the night that will soon follow can stay the actions of the evil forces threatening the great estate. Forces that will inevitably lead to new calamity and terror at Collinwood. You have arrived at Terror at Collinwood, and I am very excited to present this episode to you today. Uh, I have a very special guest on this episode, and I am thrilled that she was able to join me. So wait until you hear what she has to say. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that I will be doing an appearance as Penny Dreadful. Uh, It's been a while since I've actually done an appearance. I think definitely pre-COVID, probably 2019, I want to say, was the last time I did a a con appearance, but I will be appearing in October at the Monster Expo, uh, and that's going to be in Taunton, Massachusetts at the Clarion Hotel, October 15th and 16th, and on the Saturday, the 15th at 11.30 a.m., I'm going to be there with uh, the director of my horror movie host show, Shilling Sharkers, Rebecca Piva, and we're going to be presenting some clips from uh, the show, from I think from last year's Halloween special, and then after that, there's going to be a brief Q&A panel, uh, so please do uh, pop by there. Uh, and then uh, for the weekend, I will be there at my table in full penny mode. Uh, so if you're in the neighborhood, pop by the Monster Expo. Uh, I'll have some DVDs of my show there, uh, comic books, uh, Penny Dreadful comic book that we did a few years back with Frankie Washington. Uh, I'm going to have photos and things like that. Um, I don't have any terror at Collinwood uh, items, but I may print up some stickers. If I have the stickers by then, if you come to my table and tell me you listen to terror at Collinwood, you'll, you'll get a free sticker. Uh, but I, I got to get on that. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't made any stickers. I have no merchandise for the show. I mean, I, I don't license dark shadows so i don't uh i don't really have uh, anything to sell but maybe I'll, I'll do a freebie sticker for you but please yeah do come by a monster expo clarion hotel in taunton massachusetts and the second thing before we get to today's show i always say this at the end of the show but i'm going to say it at the beginning again this time because i'd really like to see more reviews coming in for the show and ratings on apple podcasts i've mentioned it before that does help the podcast to grow. Uh, And the reviews have definitely trickled down to uh, very few uh, lately. And I I get that. Um, But I I keep pounding that drum because it is important. If you haven't subscribed already, that is also important. That does help the podcast to grow. So please do uh, subscribe, rate, and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that in addition to subscribing through the audio feeds because the YouTube channel has some exclusive video versions of episodes. For example, when I interviewed Jeff Kenny and he showed off lots of collectibles, there is the audio version, which is great, and Jeff talked about some really interesting stuff, but the video version, you get to see a lot of the things that he showed off. Just as one example, when I had Catherine Lee Scott on the show, along with Ansel Farage and uh, Richard Halpern, uh, we did a video version of that one. So you get to see that conversation take place in real time there. Uh, there was also, uh, you know, I had uh, R.J. Jameson and Steve Shutt, uh, and, and that was really fun. We were talking about Grayson Hall, and R.J. pulled out some items that were 
Grayson's personal items. So you can see that in the video. Uh, Mark B. Perry talking about Dark Shadows reincarnation. That was a video version. And then I have some exclusive video content, things that I've pulled from old tapes, like an Entertainment Tonight uh, clip uh, interviewing Jonathan Frid that was previously not on YouTube. I put that up on the YouTube channel. So uh, go check out the Terror at Collinwood YouTube channel and do subscribe to that as well. Click the bell, I guess, ring that bell, I guess they say. I don't know. I don't know what the kids say these days. Uh, but <laughs> they say ring the bell. I guess that's to get notified of new videos. Um, but yes, so without further ado, let's get to the show. Be careful, my friend, where you tread, for I warn you now, there are spoilers ahead. Welcome to Terror at Collinwood. Tis I, your hostess, Penny Dreadful, aka Danielle, and I am thrilled to have my guest here today at Terror at Collinwood. And uh, I want to thank both Nina Ogle and Mary O'Leary for helping to uh, arrange this. My guest today is the charming and delightful Marie Wallace. Marie has an extensive career in theater and television and is an accomplished actress, writer, model, and photographer. She's beloved by legions of Dark Shadows fans for her portrayals of the evil bride of Frankenstein-like monster Eve, the insane and demented wife of Quentin, Jenny Collins, and the antique store owner, Megan Todd, who falls under the sway of the Leviathans. Marie performed on Broadway in Gypsy, starring Ethel Merman. She continued to perform in Broadway shows in the 1960s and early 1970s, including the 1966 production of Sweet Charity and the role of Ursula on television, Marie played the wicked India Delaney in Somerset and did many television commercials. In 1993, she played the part of Eleanor of Aquitaine in a stage production of The Lion in Winter, which was directed by her former Dark Shadows co-star, Jonathan Frid. Marie later co-starred with the late great Larry Storch in a production of Love Letters that benefited the Actors' Temple in New York City. And in 2005, her autobiography On Stage and In Shadows was published Welcome to the show, Marie. Well, thank you, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so great hearing your voice. Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, how how have you been? What have, what have you been up to? Well, um, I've been up to my neck, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just always doing something. At the moment, I'm not doing stage or television, but I'm painting and I'm writing and I'm just keeping busy and loving New York and, you know, going into the park and enjoying all of all that New York and it gives us. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear you're, uh, you're staying creative. Uh, are you doing any classes, any online classes or? Well, I do a lot of Zoom classes. It's been wonderful. I mean, as awful as COVID has been, the whole thing of this Zoom classes has been so wonderful. I think it's never going to stop. We have exercise classes and just wonderful book things, everything. Everything yeah. is there. Anything that you want. I always used to say, if you want something, come to New York because everything is here. And now with Zoom, it's fabulous because they bring us Egypt and India and every place else. Isn't that amazing? It's it's yeah. just wild and uh, great that we now have this resource that we can do all kinds of different things, even performance shows on, uh, through Zoom. In fact, you did the great uh, re reunion with your Dark Shadows castmates uh, this past December, the Dark Shadows Christmas Carol. How, how was that experience? That was wonderful because... 
we got to see all of our actor actor friends together and some that we hadn't seen in years you know and it was just wonderful and to have been able to do that and i saw it afterwards and i thought oh my god how did we do this without rehearsals without anything and it was so professionally put together i thought yeah it was uh, ansel uh, farage and richard halpern and Catherine. they kind of teamed up to to make that happen patrick mccray it was uh, a lot of folks working to make that happen and it was just great to see uh, the cast reunite for something like that. And I, I hope we see more of that in the future. I think we will, because everyone who did it so enjoyed doing it. And um, we we just would like to do more of it. And I think everybody wants it. So I, I really believe that we'll have some wonderful shows coming up. Oh, great. I know the fans will be excited to hear that because um, I keep hearing from fans who do listen to this podcast and ask if I heard anything or anything. Like I said, I, I have a feeling we're going to see more of that kind of thing down the road. So that's uh, that's great. Um, so, Marie, uh, take us back to your uh, early days of when you first realized you were interested in performing. What was it that grabbed you in terms of performance? Well, it was interesting because I went to a church that had an auditorium in the basement, and we called ourselves the Park Avenue Players. And, <laughs> yes, and we started, you know, doing plays, and we started getting directors who were out of work, professional directors or professional actors who were out of work, and would come to these little community theaters to help us and to help themselves to keep busy. And so we got a lot of experience from them and um, knowledge about how to go about things. And so, for instance, a one of our uh, set designers became a Broadway set designer. I mean, uh, it was wow. it was just wonderful. And through that, I uh, was able to build, <laughs> you'll never believe it, a resume <laughs> that, you know, I hadn't done nothing professionally yet. I was a kid. And uh, so I made a resume because these directors said to us, you need a resume. So I put all the plays that I had done at the Park Avenue Players, and I called it Off Off Broadway. Huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it looked professional, you know. Mm -hmm. And I went to my first professional audition, my teacher had said to me, uh, Marie, go over to the Rita Allen Theater and just say that uh, Jack Manning sent you. And they were auditioning for Electra and Harlequinade, which was a double bill. So I knocked on the door and said to the director what Jack had told me to do. And he said, okay, come in. They gave me a script. I went up on stage, read for both the chorus in, in Electra and for the ingenue in the other play. And the director, who huh, oh, you'll never believe, well, my first, first, first play was Burton, uh, not Richard, Richard. Oh. but uh, his his uncle, uh, who, who he got his name from. I can't think of his first name for some reason. Uh, Burton, Mr. Burton. He... He was a great scholar of Shakespeare, and he was directing this in New York. And Judith Evelyn, who was a marvelous actress from Canada, was playing Electra, 
So I had a really wonderful cast in the first professional play I did. But when I was on stage, they said, he said, um, great, that's wonderful. Uh, do you belong to a union? I said, yes. <laughs> Equity after and sag in my best, low, you know, strong voice. And they said, oh, that's great. And the reason I did that is because if you see a resume and they say no union affiliations, they'll all say, oh, she's just an amateur. But they see all those affiliations. They don't even think about it, but it just seems more professional. And it doesn't get you the job. But if they already like you, then they're not so scared of taking you. And sure enough, it was my first show. I was delighted. That's great. Was uh, Gypsy your first Broadway musical or yeah. your first Broadway show? Yeah. It, it was my first Broadway show. And this one that I, I did, the um, Greek chorus in Electra and the Ingenue was so funny because I would say I came from the Greek chorus to the gypsy chorus. Oh, <laughs> it was a great, totally great change, you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what a showgirl should do. And so they said, give us a showgirl walk. So I got behind one of the most um, uh, dramatic women on the stage, and I just followed her, whatever she did. <laughs> and because at that point, for that particular chorus, they were looking for good looks, great looks and um, tall and uh, someone who could move like a dancer, yet wasn't a dancer. And uh, so I got that part and was very delighted to get that too. Did you get to have any interaction with Ethel Merman? Oh, well, yes. But, you know, she was not exactly like a warm, fuzzy person, uh -huh. like um, in uh, Sweet Charity, you know, Gwen Verdon. Oh, yeah. we all knew her. She knew everyone. She knew the stagehands. She knew everyone's name, you know, whereas Ethel would say, hello, sweetheart. <laughs> I like can see that. I can see that. <laughs> a little bit like Jackie Gleason, who always knew us, but didn't really. I mean, he used to call me Miss Fancy because that was my name in, you know, a Sly Fox. Mm -hmm. And yet he, he liked me very much. He let me know that, too. I mean, not in, uh, you know, in, in any coming on way or anything, but just as an actress, because he told Joe DiMaggio, I love this, when we were in uh, San Francisco, I guess, or San Diego, wherever, wherever Joe DiMaggio had his restaurants, he said, Joe, you see this dame? She is to the theater what you used to be to baseball. You ought to marry her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was fun. Uh, he, he, it was a great show. And unfortunately, he had a triple bypass surgery while we were in Chicago. So that ended it. And it was too bad because we were all looking forward to opening his theater in Florida and then going on from there to New York and opening, you know, in New York as it, it, they weren't doing revivals back then. It was something like, I'm not, I'm not sure, 79 or something like that. But today they do all kinds of revivals, but they weren't doing that then. And so it would have been a, a big deal. 
but we we missed it. But mm-hmm. I went on to so many other wonderful things like dark shadows. Yes, indeed. Uh, a lot of the actors, many of the actors in dark shadows came from the stage, which I think is part of, of what's so compelling about Dark Shadows is these these actors that have theatrical backgrounds. Uh, and you don't see in television so much these days. I think a lot of these shows, these actors go out to be specifically to be on television or in film. But a lot of the Dark Shadows actors came from the theater, including yourself. So what was that, that experience like uh, going and auditioning for Dark Shadows and then becoming part of that ensemble? Well, you know, it's interesting because I always thought... I'm not really the person for soap operas because they were very low-key, very natural, and all of that. And I had a theatricality about me, you know? And I thought, oh, I'd never fit into a soap opera. But Dark Shadows was just the opposite. Mm -hmm. You had to have that theatricality. I think the best actors on uh, Dark Shadows were from the theater. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it uh, it just fit into that particular script and, and characters and everything, you know. So I was very lucky when they called me for Dark Shadows, even though I knew nothing about Dark Shadows when they called me. I mean, my husband got the call. I was up in New Hampshire doing a play at the Hampton Playhouse. My husband called me that night and said, uh, your agent called and said he'd like to submit you for Dark Shadows. I said, what's that? He said, it's soap opera about vampires and all kinds of things like that. I said, oh, that sounds interesting. Okay. And (laughs) my husband had already told my agent, okay. And so when I came back, I auditioned for it and got the part. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of steps between going there and getting the part. But I did get it. And uh, it was so wonderful because... I could use all my theatricality and more. I mean, especially that character, Eve. Oh, oh yeah. I always <laughs> considered her the the most evil lady who ever lived. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was great. And uh she was, you know, the, the this bride of Frankenstein character, but you got to do a lot a lot more than um Elsa Lanchester did in The Bride of Frankenstein. She was, I mean, she's this iconic character, but it, she was only in the film at the end very you know, as the bride very briefly, but you got to really explore this uh, this character. Did you ever get to meet El- Elsa Lanchester? Or? No, I don't know that she was ever there. Or maybe she was. I don't know. <laughs> when you got cast as Eve, I remember you telling a story that you, you know, there were other actresses there that were aud- auditioning. There was a blonde lady and a, a dark haired lady. It was yourself with, with the red hair. Uh, and uh, and then you, you got the part in the show they they initially they had a, a scar across your neck too didn't they like with the stitches and things they were like a makeup they did, they did but i have a wonderful picture of that and i came in and they took oh god three hours to make this scar around my neck and after they took the pictures they looked and they said it looks like a necklace yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we figured they were so accomplished in that work by then, that they didn't need any scars on me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's even I think they they even threw in a line to to address that. It was like Eve won't have scars like like Adam does. Um, yeah. Speaking of how how was that uh, working? With, you worked a lot in the show with Robert Rodan, and then also with Humbert Allen Estrado too. You had a lot of scenes. Oh, I love them both. I love them both. Yeah, yeah. They, they 
great. And uh, and Alan, you know, Estrado, oh God, he was a great actor and, and fun to be with. And oh, they both were, you know, it was you know, a wonderful cast. I mean, they were so, so different than uh, a lot of others. And it's so interesting and good actors, really good actors, and really cared about the play. You know, I was in soap operas later. Well, not Somerset was very, very good and had a lot of stage actors, and we were very serious about it. But after that, I was in smaller parts in other soap operas. And I tell you, some of those actors, all they could think of was, uh, let's get this through and go go uh, golfing. Or something, and and they didn't even know the, the the play, the parts. You know, they were just looking because we did it from beginning to end, right? Yeah. And we did it just like a live performance, just as Dark Shadows did. And uh, so, any mistakes or anything, you had to soak up like you do on the stage. And yeah. uh, you know, those other actors now. We were doing our shows and they were doing it more like a movie so that you did all the scenes of the breakfast room at once. And then there's the scenes on the train afterwards, but not in sequence. Mm -hmm. But whereas Dark Shadows and Somerset did it in sequence, just the way you would do a play. And I always thought of it all day as a, a small summer theater production. Yeah. And we, you know, and instead of one week, we did it in one day. Mm-hmm. So that took a lot of concentration and a lot of seriousness. Yeah, I was talking to David Selby uh, when I talked to him on this podcast, and he did draw that parallel of the summer stock. Um, I could, I could imagine it must have been a very frenetic pace, but also very fun and exciting and spontaneous in a lot of ways. That that energy definitely comes through. Yes, it was. And yeah. then, of course, we had our great Barnabas. Oh, Jonathan Fred, yeah. <laughs> who, when I first went into that studio uh, and met the actors, and I heard his voice, I thought, oh, my God, what a voice. <laughs> well, the other thing that I loved about him was his high cheekbones. They, he and Grayson, Grayson yeah. Hall, had the highest cheekbones I've ever seen. They always fascinated me. But getting back to Jonathan, he was such a wonderful actor. And, you know, I mean, he had a background, of course. You talk about theater. That was real theater, you know, with with the most wonderful people and Shakespeare. And then I had the pleasure of working with him in The Lion in Winter, which was really special, special, special. Yeah. How was that? I I wanted to ask you about that. How was that experience working with Jonathan again? Well, it was wonderful because, first of all, he always, we always laughed about, he went to Yale to become a director. And the only play he ever directed was The Lion in Winter. (laughs) But he he became a a great actor. But um, anyway, we had a lot of fun there because we lived at the, Governor's Mansion, the old Governor's Mansion, when Milledgeville was the capital of Georgia. And we were so lucky because David Moore, who was a great fan of Dark Shadows, was the one who originally thought of bringing Jonathan to the Georgia College, where he was the director of of drama. 
there. And he brought him for several of his one-man shows. And then he thought of bringing him in as a director. And then the two of them talked together and said, how about Marie as Eleanor of Aquitaine? So I was very lucky because it was a unique experience. And that's when I truly got to know Jonathan. And to the point that now when they did this wonderful documentary by yeah. Mary O'Leary, yes. uh, which has been getting all kinds of awards yeah. and nominations yes. and everything. Um, so uh, David Moore and I are in the documentary, which was a lot of fun, you know. But the documentary itself is really quite wonderful. I'm sure you've seen it, but it, it, it oh, yeah. shows so much of his, his background, which many people didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. So Mary has brought it out to the public and to the dark shadows public, something that is quite unique and I think uh, needed and quite wonderful. I agree. Yeah, I've, I've had Mary on the podcast twice um, now, and uh, it's just incredible, uh, that documentary. If anybody has not seen it yet, uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. Definitely, please go watch it. Uh, you can Absolutely. watch it. Yeah, Absolutely. it's available on Blu-ray, on uh, DVD. It's on Tubi for free with ads. You can watch it there. And Mary had some great stuff in there, like uh, footage of Jonathan on television uh, performing in a in a Shakespeare production. I mean, just really very rare things and great interviews with uh, people such as yourself and other castmates yeah. from Dark Shadows and other, and other productions as well. So well worth watching. Um, getting back to, to your characters here on Dark Shadows, you know, you played Eve, which was a really fun character and added a really great dynamic to the show. And then you came back as Jenny Collins, Mad Jenny, your, your favorite character, as I understand it. And uh, based on uh, Rochester, mad wife in, in Jane Eyre, Bertha, yeah. who's locked in the room. And uh, this is a, such a fun character to watch. Uh, and she's Everybody loves Jenny. Uh, and so to tell us, what what is it about Jenny that makes her your favorite character from Dark Shadows? Well, I, I'm not sure, but there was such vulnerability about her. She was one of the, for me, one of the most real characters on the show, or certainly of, of the three that I played. <laughs> and uh, so the, I got very involved emotionally with her character. And, you know, <laughs> I also watched it once years later, and I called my agent and I said, get me another crazy character. It's <laughs> so great to play. I mean, it really is. The sky is the limit. It doesn't matter what you do. Nobody can say that's wrong. <laughs> Nobody can say that, that. I mean, you know, that's a show that's over the top. Everything's sure. over the top. So th this character was over the over the top. <laughs> you were definitely having fun. It's clear everybody was having fun, especially in that 1897 storyline. Grayson was Magda and there was uh, Sandor and Count Potofi. You had all these like very colorful characters. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. yeah, I know. And one day, I never forget this, walking on Third Avenue. First of all, my makeup as Crazy Jenny was huge. I mean, the all slashes, both on top and under the eyes, the dark lipstick, the, you know, everything about it was 
the wild hair. And people used to think it was a wig because it was so out there. And uh, no, it wasn't a wig. It was my own hair, which I teased. And then around the edges of the face, the night before, we'd make pin curls. And then in the morning, I would just take the bobby pins out and just pull the hair and didn't comb it or anything. So it was all this craziness, you know. And so one day I'm walking on Third Avenue and someone says to me, oh, my God, you're Jenny Collins. Uh, well, yes, but how did you notice it? And she said, you look just like you do on television. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, that's pretty funny because I didn't even have any makeup on. <laughs> I love it. Um, Jenny and Eve actually both ended up on um, some of the Dark Shadows merchandise. I know Eve was in the Viewmaster set, the Viewmaster reels, and then Jenny was in some of the bubblegum cards. Uh, yeah. How did it feel to see yourself on that merchandise? Well, that was great fun because I remember as a kid, uh, we didn't, the girls didn't, but the boys all collected the baseball cards mm -hmm. in the bubblegum. And uh, we never thought, I mean, as a kid, who would have ever believed that not only would I want a bubblegum card, but that my face would be on it. So that was fun. I think I had three and I've, I've used them well. I've enlarged them and had eight by tens made of them. The fans love to get them, you know. Yeah. Very oh, that's great. I love it. Um, now you came back to play uh, Jenny and, and other characters as well in, um, in the Big Finish audio plays. Um, and uh, I think you reunited with um, Terrain Crawford in the uh, Dollhouse. Yeah. yeah. This one, yes. Yeah, and she did all the imitations of people, and I—it was—it was really very imaginatively done. I thought because it was just two of us. Many of them have a lot of characters in it, but that was just the two of us, and and that was—I liked doing those. Mm -hmm. I did about nine of them, I guess. Mm -hmm. and we sort of haven't done so many lately, but I'm hoping that we will do them again because I think the. Fans have loved them because they're us, but the, we're different characters. Yeah. Not everyone, but you mm. know. Then I, be, I I started to play Willie's wife. Oh yes, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was yeah. a whole different character. Wasn't imitating anyone. I don't like to go in and try to imitate somebody else. You know, sure, yeah. the real thing or forget it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you know if the, if there are any in the works coming up? Would you or you yeah, haven't heard I, anything? No, I haven't been in touch with them recently. But um, now you've put that into my ear, so I might just do that. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, I know uh, people would like to to hear more big finish audio plays. I know once once COVID happened, things kind of slowed down uh, with, yeah. with, with everything. So maybe they'll be getting back uh, on that soon. Hopefully it would be great to hear more uh, more Dark Shadows audio dramas come out with featuring the cast. That would be great. Um, yeah. And then um, just the, the last character you played on Dark Shadows is Megan Todd, who uh, you know ran the antique shop. Uh, and uh, she later became a vampire, which I think I always, every time I hear interviews with uh, Dark Shadows cast members, everyone says, I wanted to play a vampire. It was that's always sort of the, the, the crown jewel is you get to play a vampire. So you did get to play a vampire in the show. That must have been fun. 
It was fun. And, you know, I had to go to a dentist to have my fangs uh, made <laughs> and mm -hmm. fitted. And um, after I left the show, I was always sorry that I didn't take them with me because it would have been such fun mm -hmm. <laughs> to have them <laughs> parties and things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was an interesting thing because um, both of my the first two characters were really uh, very wild characters, you know, off the top, over the top. And uh, when they came up with Megan Todd, one of the writers, mm -hmm. he didn't think I was right for that. Not because he didn't think I was a good actress, but because he thought it was too straight a character that I wouldn't be able to pay, play it. But Dan Curtis kept saying to him, She'll be right. She'll be good. She'll be right. So anyway, I only found this out afterwards. About two months later, this writer whose name I can't remember. Sa Sam Hall or Gordon no, Russell? No, not Sam. Gordon? Um, Gordon Russell? Gordon, Gordon Russell. Mm -hmm. We were both on Ninth Avenue looking for a cab. So I said, hey, come, on, come on, come into my cab. Uh, you know, we'll share it. We, I knew we were going up towards the same way. So... He's the one who told me the story. And I, he said, I have to say, tell you that I apologize. I was totally wrong. And you're wonderful in the part. So that was nice, you know. That's it's great. It's fun to get that kind of somebody doesn't want you. And then you get it and they you just you prove to them that you could do it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a satisfying feeling because it's, you know, you you did do a great job with that part. You were fantastic in it. And then you did get to then, you and know. And I got to be the vampire and well, the whole thing. Well, she started out as this sort of a normal person, you know, but then yeah. you know, gets involved with the, the Leviathans and he falls under the sway of this cult of beings. And then then ultimately Barnabas turns her into a vampire. So it's this progression of, of stages for this character that was really fascinating to watch and sad too, you know. Yeah. And what's interesting about that play, well, maybe it's true in all soap operas. You really don't know where it's leading to. Mm -hmm. Like when you get cast in a play, you know the beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And that's good, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting to go into a part only knowing what maybe the first three or four scripts uh, weeks are going to be like. And it's possible that, that the writers don't even know. And they take that twist as the you know, the show goes on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, work situation. You mentioned uh, Dan Curtis. Uh, what, what was, what was Dan, Dan like to be around? Well, I never knew him very well, I must admit. Whenever I met him or was at a party with him, I always liked him. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, just a very nice man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I didn't see too much of him. He was in the, when he was there, he was in the control room. And, of course, he, he was very strong. For instance, when I first got into the show, I didn't know all the... Um, rules and so there i was on a set and the set started falling down oh gosh my body and i stopped and he said why did you stop <laughs> well, the, 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 the the set was falling on my body he said doesn't matter you don't stop until i say stop <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was my first 
understanding of how the show worked. Right. <laughs> live, as, as far as we concern, were concerned, it's a live show. Mm-hmm. We do it on tape. Yes, it's shown the following week. But there's no stopping. Right. You just, it's like on stage. You don't stop because the telephone doesn't ring. Maybe you say, ring. <laughs> you do something <laughs> to get out of it, you know. Yeah. And so the same with, with that show. Yeah. It was fun. Absolutely. I was in a play once where I had to um, open the door to leave the, the stage, and the door came off its hinges. <laughs> it literally came off the just when I opened it. So I just had to pick the door up, move it to the side. Right. <laughs> I think I might have ad-libbed some some line about getting a repairman or I don't remember what it was yeah, years yeah. ago, but you just go, yeah, go, go with it. Yeah. You just keep going. And you know, there there were incidences with live soap operas many years ago where uh, the door didn't open and the the actor came in through the window oh my goodness wow <laughs> because you couldn't stop and yeah. and that's another thing um dan always said you know it's money if after four o'clock it's money it's it has to do with we didn't get paid anymore but these stagehands, the cameramen, the lighting people, all got paid. And not only that, then we had had to actually stop for the news. So you lost two more hours. And so that was a lot of money. I think a lot of um, a lot of people uh, nowadays maybe don't understand that that's it was very expensive to do any editing at that time. I think uh, around the time you after you left the show, they did start doing a little bit more uh, editing in the show as as I think as the technology improved and access to it became um, more readily available. But through most of the run of the show, it was cost prohibitive to to actually do the editing because the show was already very expensive to begin with to produce um, with the special effects and everything going on. Yeah, some of the special effects were kind of funny, like. <laughs> Back to Eve. I mean, uh, Dr. Hoffman would go over to it. I don't know what, what you'd call it, a lever, mm-hmm. and pull it down very hard. And it would come down, and little purple stuff would go through a glass tube, you know. And it was really, really ridiculous in a way, but it was such fun because oh, that's great. everybody believed it. They yeah. believed everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think because it was always played so well. It was never played tongue in cheek. Yeah, it was never played that way. It was yeah. played for real, and, and that's that's the joy of it. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you said that because that's that's something I mention on this podcast quite often. I get frustrated sometimes when I read um, articles that say things like, oh, the tongue-in-cheek or campy uh, show. I said, no, it was played straight, but it's in the tradition of Gothic literature where it's that heightened emotion, you know, and uh, it has that theatrical quality that you do see in films also in that genre. Uh, It's part and parcel with that aesthetic, the Gothic aesthetic, Dark Shadows, really embodies that uh, the actors were playing it straight. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Now, um, I wanted to ask you uh, about the fans, too. Uh, I've had Rod Labby on the show who wrote, uh, did a couple interviews with you, and he speaks very highly of you. And you've met many fans over the years at the festivals, uh, outside the studio, the studio kids back then. So what have your um, experiences been like with the fans and kind of doing the festivals and meeting the fans? I love meeting the fans. And it's just it's so wonderful because of, first of all, their love for the show. I mean, just honest love for the show and even for each other. I've often said that, that many of them come to the festivals very much to see us, but also to see each other because there's a camaraderie. There's something about each other that even if they've never met before, they become fast friends. And it has to do with the love for this same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's so nice. I, 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 I just enjoy that so much. But, you know, you speak of Rod Labby. I met him at one of those theaters that I was at in between uh, the two characters that I'd play on the show, you know, mm-hmm. because whenever I'd finish it, a character, I would go off and do a play in Summerstock or Winterstock, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the one I was doing at the Hampton Playhouse in Hampton, New Hampshire. And he came as a 13-year-old boy, convinced his parents that he they should all come down and see this play. I believe it was called Burlesque. <laughs> it wouldn't play about burlesque. It wasn't burlesque. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> He asked the um, stage manager, could he come backstage and see me afterwards? So he said, well, go up on the staircase and, you know, you'll see if you can, you know, see her. So I came out and saw him. And of course, it was the thrill of his life because we had a wonderful conversation and he's written so many magazine articles mm-hmm. on me, and it's been fun over the years to read it and to see how he developed and what Dark Shadows brought to him and how it created his writing, really. Oh, yeah, that, definitely. He's been uh, he's won Rondo Award. He's been nominated for Rondo Award, many Rondo Awards for his interviews with um, with. Uh, Dark Shadows cast members and articles he's written about the show. And that's fantastic. That's a great story, too. He told that story when he was on the show, too. So it's great hearing it from your perspective as well. <laughs> that's great. And uh, and I know uh, Nina is there helping you, uh, Nina Ogle, with, uh, with the computer stuff. And she's she's so nice. And I met her at Seaview. And you got to go to Seaview Terrace as well, right, for one of the get-togethers? I did. I, I think it was Halloween, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, she's nodding her head. Yes, <laughs> it was such fun. Yes, I loved it, and uh, they had a good group of uh, fans there that time. Many, of course, I've known over the years. Sure. Sometimes I know them well. Sometimes I just know their face, but I always know them. And because we, as a, a group of actors, are very different than any other soap opera I've seen. Because I've been to a few of those. Um, general shows like pop culture or yeah yeah and and they're not there's no relationship between mm-hmm. the actor and the fan mm-hmm. they don't know who they're signing to and we we know all of them yeah <laughs> and they know us and and they know our lives and the 
it's fun. I think that's why it lasted so long. I know it's not in the cards at the moment, but hopefully there'll be another Dark Shadows gathering at, at some yeah, point. Yeah, and, and if not, some of the small ones have been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, just a local one in New York and one in L.A. and stuff like that. Sure. I think they could even, you know, continue. Maybe we'll have a 60th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be great. Hey, that count me in. I, I've only, I only got to make it to two festivals and I loved it when I was there. I had a, a great time. I wish I'd gone to more of them. So yeah, it's 60th anniversary. Uh, it's coming fast. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's hard, hard to believe, but yeah. Hard you're... It's hard to believe. Oh <laughs> yeah. Now you've got into photography. Uh, in addition to your extensive resume in, in theater and television, you've also got into photography. What drew you to photography? Well, I always liked photography and I always had a camera with me when I was on the road, but it was sort of just for fun, you know? <laughs> and uh, After a while, when I was I didn't want to really do the road shows anymore and stuff. I, I picked up my camera and started doing a lot of uh, my own kind of photography. Not that anyone hired me, just what I wanted. And I did a few um, art shows, photography shows, and I won a couple of um, prizes. And then I started selling them. So it just sort of blossomed you know because mm -hmm. it, it worked and uh, uh so and it was fun and i enjoyed it so much i always remember someone saying photography is such a lonely profession and i said i think it's the opposite because i do want to be alone but i'm not alone because somehow you connect with the whatever you're photographing and that becomes your companion, whether it's a flower or a steeple or anything like that. So I feel very comforted when I, I do my photography and uh, very much uh, within everything that's around me. And they're my friends. Yeah. Oh, so. that's that's great. That's really a wonderful way to put it. Are you still uh, are you still doing a lot of photography? Or? I do. But I also began to paint. Yes, you mentioned that. I began to paint. Mm -hmm. I painted when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And when I was in, uh, let's see, Gypsy. Yeah, my first show. We mm -hmm. all started to paint because there were two groups of actors, the kids and the grown-ups. So we were in the second act. The kids were in the first act. And during the first act, and it's a long show, we all started painting. I don't know who started it, but um, before you know it, the, <laughs> the press agent came up to our dressing room, the chorus's dressing room, and saw all these paintings everywhere. And he said, oh, my God, how many paintings do you have? We said, oh, about 98. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he said, we got to do a show about this. So there was a... Um, a bar next door called Junior's Backyard. And it was adjacent to our backstage uh, road. And so we decided to do it in there. But we said, but any proceeds that we have, we want to go to Actors Fund. And they said, okay. So that's what we did. And I sold three paintings. 
And two of them were two Ethel Merman. No kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> then right. when I was in a restaurant with my husband, oh, a couple of months later, he wanted to bring me over to uh, Ethel's mother and father because they told him that Ethel gave them my paintings and they wanted to meet me. Wow. So, yeah. So that was great fun, you know? Yeah, that's really wild. That's so cool. That's that's great. And I'm glad you're doing it again. You're back to, to painting again. Yeah. I yeah. painted some just um, oh, a couple of months ago. And, and just I had nothing in the house, no canvases or anything. So I painted on, oh, God, the back of envelopes or different things like mm -hmm. that. And I put a couple of them on Facebook, not mm -hmm. to sell, just to show. And people started writing to me, I'll buy the one on the left. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. Oh, for, you know, uh, oh. just, just for fun, just, just yeah. do it. Do you, do you paint in watercolors or oils or what, what are you? I, I've never painted in watercolors. I've, mm -hmm. uh, I used to paint in oils, mm -hmm. but I didn't like the setup and the smell in the apartment, mm -hmm. you know? And so I switched to, at a certain point, to um, acrylics. Oh, okay, yeah. Not as great as oil because it, they dry faster, but that's the advantage and the disadvantage mm -hmm. because they dry faster, you can put them away and, and stuff like that. But because they don't, because the oils don't dry fast, you can keep changing them. And that's what I like to do. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll have to, I'll have to, to check those out uh, for sure yeah. on, on Facebook. Um, now, I, I wanted to ask you about your book as well to, before we wrap things up. Uh, on Stage and in Shadows, last I checked, is still available on Amazon. Um, yes. Is that the best place for people to, to get the book? or do you, uh, do you... I think it's the best place to get the book in general if you want it autographed. And with a personal letter from me, then the best way is on um, is still on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, there's an address, a post mm -hmm. office box that gets sent then to me, and uh, you know I, I I forward it on to to the per person. Oh, so good. so that's the two ways that are good. But if you just want the book, then Amazon is great. Oh, have you been doing any more writing uh, lately, or uh, not really? Mm -hmm thinking of stuff, but not putting anything down on paper. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's I'd, I'd like to get back to writing myself, too. But it's so, so much going on all the time. It's like it's yeah. difficult to, to, to do. But you have a lot going on with your painting and, and photography and the classes you're doing. You, you seem right. like you're doing a lot. So uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe one day we'll get a, a sequel to On Stage and In Shadows. That would be fun. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Marie, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time today to to sit down with me and uh, and have this chat uh, and uh, talking to me about your career and experiences with Dark Shadows. Thank you so much, Marie. I really appreciate it. Well, it was my pleasure, Danielle, really.
<laughs> and folks, please do uh, keep an eye on uh, on Marie's uh, Facebook page. And uh, and if, if she has any announcements, uh, I will definitely be happy to announce them here on the podcast as well for any upcoming projects. So thank you very much for listening to Terror at Collinwood. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Please be sure to rate the podcast and please be sure to review the podcast that does help the podcast to grow and to reach more Dark Shadows fans, because we all, we want Dark Shadows fans to, to find out about the podcast. So be sure to tell your friends, spread the word, and join us next time at Terror at Collinwood. And for as long as they lived, the Dark Shadows never truly vanished, for there will always be Terror at Collinwood. Terror at Collinwood is a Penny Dreadful production.